Howdy there, folks, and welcome to The Random Men, where two experts in nothing talk about everything. The phrase, that's so crazy it just might work, is tossed around quite often. But what about those rare occasions where a little outside-the-box thinking is just what the doctor ordered? Whether critical and life-saving, to get out of sticky situations, or to just make a quick buck, anything is possible, it seems. So get ready, because today, two random men discuss things that are so crazy, they actually worked. There's a phrase I use quite often, I know you do too, and I like to say, if it works, it ain't stupid. Uh, I agree. I agree. Kind of live by that. Uh, yeah, I think we've talked uh, on on here a couple of times where I've done some stuff that some people would definitely question, but I'm like, hey, it worked. There, You know, you always hear things done with super glue and duct tape, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. by God, if they hold together, there you go. I say it, if mm-hmm. it works, it ain't stupid. I agree. Same rules apply to what we're going to talk about today with the things that are so crazy they just might work. I like this. I like this one. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. There's some. It kind of almost makes me think, like, hey, look at how intelligent people can really be if you think of it. I mean, it kind of is. Like, it kind of shows that humans can come up with some crazy shit. And if it works, yeah. If there's one thing we're good at, it's adapting. That's true. Working with what we got in any situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Most humans, anyway. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Some freak out and shut down. Yeah, true. We've we've both seen a lot of a uh, redneck ingenuity with mm-hmm. some different things, but if it gets the job done, man. Like, there's a story about the British Royal Navy, and apparently they use Britney Spears and they blare it to ward off Somali pirates. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. And it works. Okay. They just, they it, just don't like Britney Spears? They don't like Western music at all, so I guess the best ones I could find is Britney Spears music. <laughs> just blaring it on a loop. I, I kind of feel like she might not like that too much, but... You know, where it is a badge of honor. Hey, you're doing your part. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's righteous and noble, what you're doing out there. They did the same thing where they had the uh, the cops that got in trouble here. I feel like it was like five or ten years ago they got in trouble because they would have... Uh, guys in the back of the car and they'd be blaring um nickelback oh. and just like the same song over and over again which i hated that because i was like man I, I like nickelback but apparently nickelback they use gets that a lot to... of hate i think there's bandwagon people that just jump on the fact that everybody says they hate it so you're supposed to and yeah but anyway which is sad they to... still sell out concerts but, so i don't get it I, I guess if it worked for them it's kind of like the britney spears thing i guess if it if it works there are plenty of other bands and artists that are far, far worse than oh, yeah. Nickelback ever thought about being. Oh, yeah. And most of them are popular. Mm, true. That's a conversation for another episode, though, I think. I don't know. They get an old <laughs> thing where it's like I hear new music and I just go, what? Why? Yeah. I've reached that age now where the, the youth's music annoys the shit out of me. And I'm like, you kids don't know real music. Mm. But you know what? They said it to us when we were kids, too. Mm-hmm. So, eh, eh. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Like we're not going on that down that road. That's, that's a whole nother episode right there. That's a whole nother one. So yeah, Kenny, you need to hold your complaints to yourself. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. Uh, it's our show. Damn it, we can say what we want. This is true. This is true. I did look up a couple of other like instances where different things happened. Kind of like you said about uh, adapting whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones I loved was some cops in Connecticut didn't have a canine unit. But they went to, like, some people were, like, were breaking in a house or something like that. And so... What crimes the, were being committed. Crimes were being committed. They and, called for canine units. And they didn't have a canine unit. So one of the guys just stood at the door and just started barking as loud as he could, trying his best to sound like a dog. And it actually scared the criminals out thinking that they were about to send dogs in after him. And they came out and gave themselves up. In my head right now, I'm imagining doing my best dog bark and I don't think it would sound anything like a real living dog. <laughs> is it possible that the bad guys just thought this is a crazy motherfucker who's barking like a madman at True. the door? <laughs> we should give True. up. I, I want to screw this guy. He's barking at me. Like, uh, I don't want to know what this guy's capable of. Just like a pissed off werewolf. At the, I don't think they bark, <laughs> but anyway, like pissed off werewolf at the door. Just, rawr, 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 rawr. That sounded like a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to go full tilt barking into a microphone right now, but you get the point. Yeah. Well, hey, either way, it it worked. 
it, it stopped the crime from happening, defused the situation, <laughs> everything worked out. My question is, I would love to know, did he start doing it on his own, or was he told to do yeah, it? Was there like a committee that like talked about, like, hey, we no, don't just, want like, maybe we should start barking. His superior said, dude, bark. What? Start barking like a crazy <laughs> dog at the door. I'm not going to do that, Sarge. Yeah, I, it's an order. We need it right now. No, it's degrading. And did they have like the guy that they knew could do the best bark? They're like, hey. David, like, we're going you know how you're to- always like barking, <laughs> running around just barking like a dumbass. Oh wow! Hey, like I said again, so crazy. Or we lost a bet on the drive there when they're like, we don't have a canine unit to send in, and they're like, oh man, I've said like a fucking ton already. <laughs> it's annoying me. But they they tell him draw straws in the car. All right, David, you lost the bet. Fantasy football. Hmm. <laughs> Next call we go on, you got to bark like a dumbass at the door. I guess it isn't dumb because it worked. It worked. Right. It worked. Yep. All right. Yep. I also saw another one that I actually thought, I, I think it's funny, but about the uh, pig farmers in Washington. Washington pig farmers? So uh, when they legalized uh, pot, especially like for medicinal purposes, mm-hmm. um, there would be all this leftover from the pot farms. Seeds and stems. And they didn't have anything to do with it. Well, the local pig farmers caught onto it and would go and buy all the leftover stuff, everything that was left mm-hmm. over, and feed it to the pigs. Well, of course, the pot growers loved it because they were getting they rid of their got excess rid of all that trash, I guess, you know, whatever they had left over. But the pigs started getting the munchies and would eat more and get fatter. And they swear up and down that the pigs tasted better <laughs> after eating all the pot. Low stress levels. Yeah, I guess so. But Don't they yeah. say that same thing about like when hunting, ethically, you want to make a quick kill. Mm-hmm. That's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But there's also theories about it making like a, oh, this sounds horrible, but like a prolonged death. The meat, like, um, I guess the, the rush of adrenaline causes more lactic acid. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. it'll actually I have heard that. Yes. taint the meat a little bit. It won't mm. taste as good as a quick kill. Sorry. Hate me if you want. I'm, t- I'm speaking truth here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, yeah, same thing with the pigs. Like, I guess if that just, would apply, they're just chilled the fuck out, man. Yeah. Just so happy. Just everything's great. Eat all they can. Yeah. Just eat until it's your time, Wilbur. <laughs> Some pig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you got one that's a, a good crazy, so crazy it worked? <laughs> Have you ever heard of cow shoes? Cow Since sh- we're talking about livestock, cow shoes. Cow shoes. Okay. No. So I'll take that as a no. 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 Okay, back when Prohibition was hot and heavy, so between 1920-1933, um, the moonshiners would have the G-men come down, harass them, arrest them. Well, it's common knowledge that all this was done in the mountains, in rural areas, correct, where they had the stills for mm-hmm. doing the moonshine. So law enforcement would come down and look for tracks to lead them up into the mountains where they could go find the stills. Mm-hmm. Well, they're looking for human footprints. So what these moonshiners started doing was taking metal plates and they would carve out of wood the shape of cow hooves. You say metal plates out of, the, out of no, wood? No, they would take the metal plates and they would strap. <laughs> you take a metal plate, you put some leather straps on there, so it straps on like a boot, like onto your boots. I think of like a snowshoe. But on the bottom of that, they would carve cow hooves. Okay. So while they were traipsing back and forth up to their stills, they were only leaving cow tracks, mm-hmm. which didn't alarm anybody because there's tons mm-hmm. of cows out there. And they got away with it forever. Pretty slick thinking on the part of the moonshiners. Yeah. Well, they're there not looking go. for animal tracks. Until okay. somebody wrote an article about it, and then the jig was up. Oh, man. Yeah, I hope that guy. Uh, uh. Which sounds like it would immediately fall down on their head, but how many actual cows did they follow for miles up into the mountains just to... That's true. Come up on some cows, and I bet that was some frustrating shit at mm. one in the morning. Hmm. Nope, real cows. There you go again. Sometimes uh, <laughs> sometimes some of the stuff just comes out of necessity. You back to the cow, to... Johnny. We'll try again tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. That's how everybody sounded back then. <laughs> That's how everybody sounded. <laughs> Untouchables. Gee, <laughs> yeah, I like the cow shoes story, man. That's a pretty cow good shoes. Cow okay. shoes. Okay. You can look them up. They have photos of them, so speaking they have the relics. That would be pretty cool to... Speaking of the mountains, um, remember back a while back when they were doing the thing where you could buy bags of Rocky Mountain air or uh, like a box of real Irish soil? 
Yes. Remember that? Yep. I mean, I guess really, it was genius that somebody came up with it. Maybe a little stupid that people were buying it, but hey, you can't knock somebody coming coming up with an idea. Somebody bought it. <laughs> the pet rock. The pet rock. Wasn't that the seventies? I don't remember exactly, but well, because I wasn't alive, so I wouldn't remember. Remember, but um, I read when they came out, they were four dollars. Yeah. And for those of you that have never seen the pet rock, it's a rock with some damn googly eyes stuck to it. We all know what googly eyes are. Craft googly eyes. <laughs> and it came in a little box carrying case that had holes punched in it. It's a pet rock. Yeah, and they said that guy made like millions of dollars. I think, yeah. A couple million dollars off of it. Which sounds stupid, but who's laughing? Snuggy. Snuggy always pissed me off. Like, it's a blanket. You just put armholes in a blanket. <laughs> yeah. Sleeves on a blanket. But again, the kid, hey, give him Every props. time I see one of those infomercials, I just like... I'm sitting on the couch like, damn it! Like... Why didn't I come up with come that? On. Jesus. He just put sleeves on a blanket. The sham wow is just the towel. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Microfiber towel. Yeah. You sit there and you, you complain using... about this stuff and you're like, man, it's just a whatever. But you're just mad because you didn't come up with it. That's what it is. Some of those other damn infomercial ones. Chia pets. Which, I mean, at least Chia pet, like. Did something? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, exactly. It, you grew Never, it. Never, I mean, not a single one I ever bought did anything. Did you ever have a Chia Pet? I think I did. I think same thing. I think it never it actually really grow. grew. It didn't grow. Never, yeah, did its thing. Huh? Day after day, I'm going to look at this green-stained <laughs> ceramic piece of shit. Oh, come on. I know you've done the sea monkey thing with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sea monkeys. Flea circus and I. They came to watch the fleas. Oh, look at the fleas, Daddy. <laughs> Can't you see the fleas? It was all an illusion. <laughs> always turns into a Jurassic Park quote. Not always. A lot of times. <laughs> Sometimes Highlander. True. I did see one that, uh, another one that was pretty, pretty dumb. But remember when they did the plastic wishbones? I heard about them. I've never seen them. Because well, I never paid attention enough to, to notice uh, I, mean, I saw a little package in the they're store. They're probably still around, I would assume. But, you know, because, yeah, because, you know, you're having Thanksgiving and, oh, look, the, the wishbone. Everybody Everyone, wants a wishbone. Only two people get to participate and only one person wins. So some guy started making plastic wishbones, which, again, hey, man. I read he made $2 million, yeah. I think, in the first year. Of yeah, those. but also uh, heard that, like, there was so much plastic produced for it that it was, like, terrible for the environment. Like, it ended up How being... How much plastic in a stupid, like, pack of five plastic wishbones? I don't know. Have you ever opened a kid's Nobody Christmas... had a water bottle? Have you never opened a kid's Christmas present? Uh, oh, all the trash All the with... trash and everything that comes along with it when you're trying to, you know, get the action figure out of the thing or whatever? Oh, yeah, that's oh, my it. whole job Christmas morning. I show up Is standing there with a trash bag. I show up to every my one of our Christmases since we do, you know, different ones. Um, with a knife and batteries, because I know it's going to be needed. Yes. Because <laughs> there's going to be so much trash. Back to knife superstition, it's like, if I hand it to you open, you hand it back to me open. Mm -hmm. Well, Christmas, I don't let anybody handle the knife. Yeah. I just, I do it myself. You know, do it yourself. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Pop that Furby out of there. <laughs> Furby? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not giving away the secrets of who's really buying the gifts around here on Christmas, but <laughs> <laughs> what'd you get? Oh, <laughs> father of the year. Have you ever heard of the condor cluster? Like, no. Condor cluster. Mm -hmm. Nope. Can't say I have. It ain't stars, buddy. Okay. So back in 2010, the U.S. Air Force Research Laboratory decided they were going to buy 1,716 PlayStation 3s. They liked gaming, apparently. Oh, no, no, no. They connected them all together and created a supercomputer. Okay. And at the time, it was the 33rd largest supercomputer in the world. Hmm. Thought being they could replace components as they needed. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah, much uh, easier to... Yeah, much easier to get... Different pieces to the PS... You said it was PS3? 4? Yeah, it was PS3. Yeah. Which okay. was apparently built... And what they were using it for was imaging applications. Okay. Because I mean, if you think of a PlayStation... It, that's yeah, the processing power. Main design. I yeah. mean, the processing power in any console, especially, you know, in the last 5, 10, 15 years or whatever. But, I mean, yeah, especially something that... If you're doing pictures, like, that's the biggest part of it, is it's processing pictures and data moving quickly... 
So, okay. I there was a couple see. other things they had to tweak on it. But that oh. was the main thing. was just about 1,700 PlayStation 3s. They hooked them all together. I know had there, a supercomputer. There had to be at least a couple of controllers laying around late and at night. And it was way <laughs> cheaper than building a supercomputer. <laughs> I just see like people arguing for the night shift. Like, I'll take the night shift. Like, okay, cool. Coming there at 6 o'clock in the morning. A little more. I don't, I, I don't think they were playing, playing any games on it. That man's playing Galaga. <laughs> Real fast. There's no way you had that many in a room and there wasn't. You could buy some. them. Once it became obsolete, you could buy the ones that came off of the uh, Condor Cluster. Huh. Kind of as a kid. I mean, you know, by now they're null and void unless you're a collector. But Yeah, now they're using PS5s. So. Yeah. Where was this at again? It was the uh, U.S. Air Force Research Laboratory. Huh. <laughs> well, and hey. the rumor of why it became obsolete, no one really knows, which says some sketchy, sketchy shit to me. Hmm. But it was that it was uh, taken offline because the system's auto updated and then kicked off all the operating system tweaks they had done. Oh, as we all know, those okay. automatic well. updates will screw your world up. That's true. It was either that or somebody did an automatic update on them. Hmm. So hmm. that was probably a. Awkward moment in the boss's office when you just killed the supercomputer <laughs> the Air Force was using. It's an update system. Don't ever hit update system unless you talk to us. But that's a pretty neat story. Hmm. Yeah, that was pretty I cool. I like that. They were really using... That's the processing power that of an independent company that was that far ahead that we could use it for the U.S. Air Force. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and it was known as the Condor Cluster. And there are still those out there in collections right now. People that pulled them off. They hmm. sold them. They, they, I guess, refurbished them. Sold them back out to everybody. Cool. That's fun. So crazy enough it works that let's hook up a bunch of fucking PlayStations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No way it's going to work. Hide and watch. Uh, I saw one that was kind of, uh, I guess, life-saving. Um, Ooh. Black dyed water. And this place, uh, Derbyshire, they had this big lagoon. that I was... like it already, Derbyshire. <laughs> this big lagoon. And it was like really, really, really super pretty blue. The reason it was so blue was because they had all these chemicals that were mixing into the oh. mixing into it. Well, everybody wanted to go swimming in it because they thought Sulfur it looked so probably yeah, right. Yeah, everybody thought it was so pretty. They went swimming in it, despite the fact that there was countless uh, signs and postings and stuff like that. So, do not get in the water, chemical hazard, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so the government got so tired of these people getting in there and having issues, obviously, that they decided they would dye the whole lagoon black. So that people would look at it and go, oh, well, I'm not going to go swimming in that now. Look at it. And they put a creature in it. And it totally worked. Like, people stopped swimming in it. Just because they changed it from this pretty, pretty blue to black. I said, and they put a creature in it. Uh, maybe they did. Maybe they should have done that in the first place. Get it? Yes, creature from the Black Lagoon. I need that validation. <laughs> well, there you go. How you got often it. <laughs> does somebody talk about a Black Lagoon to you? True. This is the first time ever. I had to, had to make the reference, okay. man. Okay, touche. Sorry, touche. <laughs> I'm smart. <laughs> He's quick-witted. That one. <laughs> Dad jokes. I never want to say it twice. <laughs> like it went by, and I'm sure everybody's like, "Don't say it again, man. Just let the joke go." Uh, Did you get it? <laughs> you okay. got to explain the joke. You've already failed. Did you see the one where the uh, airport in Texas that moved the baggage claim? No. So apparently, Elaborate. apparently they got so tired of people getting off the plane and then saying, oh man, I had to wait like 30 minutes to an hour to get my baggage. So instead people of bitching in an airport, you don't say. Yeah. Can't imagine that. You don't say. So what they did was they just moved the baggage claim from each, like where the airline, like the plane would land here. And like most places you get out and your baggage claim somewhere close to where you landed, you know, like, mm-hmm. Well, they just moved them basically to the opposite side. <laughs> and so everybody had to walk like a mile to get to their baggage claim. Well, guess what? By that time, their baggage was already there. I love it. So people stopped complaining. They they went from having so many complaints every day to having like zero because everyone's like, oh, as soon as I get here, it's, it's there. Despite the fact that they had to walk an extra mile. So that tells you like the mentality of human beings. We'd rather walk an extra mile so I don't have to wait for my baggage. <laughs> <laughs> rather than stand in one spot we only deal in immediate <laughs> gratification just wow wow god damn i like it 
I want to be in the room with these people when they come up with the ideas, man. Me too. I do. Yeah. When somebody just goes, how about we move the Babbage Slam? Every head turns at yeah. the board desk, yeah. I guess. Stares at him. That guy's thinking like, oh, I'm getting fired now. It's like, no. It's a genius. And it didn't happen in a boardroom. Shit don't go that high as far as complaints. Mm, true. True. Complaints. But yeah, they went from having multiple, uh, many complaints every day to virtually none anymore. What if we just move it <laughs> to the <laughs> furthest terminal away from each other in a circle? Like, where yeah. you're just constantly chasing it around and around. Mm. And we'll move terminal A's pickup to terminal E's pickup. I, I do know that I hate it when I've sitting there and wait super long for my baggage. But I also hate it worse whenever I can't find the baggage claim. So I think... In this situation, I think I would be one of the few people that would be more mad. If you're moving. I was in an airport. I can't remember which one where I had to go like downstairs, then back up the stairs, then back down more stairs, or took an elevator down. Shit wasn't making sense to me. Yeah. And that might have just been redirect. A couple of signs hmm. for that same purpose. Now that I'm thinking about it, I was had. <laughs> they got me. <laughs> so I was just following signs like uh, a sheep. Yep, there you go. It says go up the escalator. Okay. I guess I better go. I'll start f- just flying with nothing and just getting it when I get there. Screw it. <laughs> I envy those people so much to just yeah. get on there with their one little carry-on. Oh, yeah. So frustrating. Mm. Did you hear the one about the Norwegian luxury prisons? No, but I'm interested as hell in that. So they made these prisons. Say it again one more time. The Norwegian luxury prisons. Mm. Okay? Where the prisoners would go in there and it would actually be like a super, super, super nice place. Like okay. a hotel, like a nice hotel room. Yeah, like a nice hotel room. And the whole idea was that it was going to reform better. It was going to keep the, the crime rate inside the prison down. It was going to have people be like, okay, this was great. It actually worked, which I, I kind of find like hard to believe. Give everybody more comfortable living, they'll be less edgy. Yeah, I guess that was the whole premise behind it. I, I would think that then people would not want to leave. And they would be like, I'll just stay in here or I'll come in another Crime and go back to staying at the hotel. But no, statistically, correct? But no, statistically, uh, it dropped their criminal rate quite a bit, and reoffenders dropped to like down to like 20%. That was it. So, like, their crime rate in these areas were, were virtually nothing. This was in Norway. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. <laughs> That's some <laughs> shit that shouldn't work. Yeah, that shouldn't work, but hey, you know, I guess they're on something. Hmm. Have you heard about the bus drivers in Stockholm, Sweden? No. So these uh, Scandinavian bus drivers were complaining about the summers. It was getting very hot, correct? But their uniform requirements, they had to wear trousers. Mm -hmm. They wanted to wear shorts. That's not unreasonable. I don't think. Well, they proposed it. We're shot down. No, you can't wear. It's against the dress code. Okay. No shorts, boys. Sorry about you. (laughs) <laughs> Do you know the workaround they found? Hmm. I think I know, but go for it. Skirts. They wore the approved dress attire for dress attire for, females. For, the, for the females. Hmm. Because they couldn't say shit about that because then that would be discrimination. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you're saying mm-hmm. she can wear something I can't wear. And it bothered nobody. <laughs> Everybody loves it. It's like, <laughs> stick it to the man. Now we have to be cool in the summer. Yes. yes. So instead of having shorts, they have one short that they wear around both legs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when shit like that happens and it's just a loophole. Yep. Loopholes. <laughs> My favorite things in the world is loopholes. Oh, so you like loopholes, huh? I love loopholes. Do you remember the name Michael Larson? No, but Larson. <laughs> yeah, Larson itself. Yeah. Well, automatically leads me down a train of thought. So, Michael Larson in 1984 is the guy that quote unquote cheated on the game show press your luck the one with the whammies yes whammy no whammy whammy no whammy ah, that yeah was that my little f- devil thing that one of my favorite shows to watch yeah, when i was thinking go dee, 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 around the board and yeah. depending on what square they landed on they would win money but if they hit that it reset them back to zero big money big money no whammies mm-hmm. well the reason i say quote unquote cheated is technically he didn't do anything wrong by the game's rules what he did do was he started recording episodes on his good old VCR back in the day. And he, started, he would rewatch them and started noticing that there was actually a pattern to the game board and realized that there was only 
five patterns to it. Easy enough to remember so for someone that can remember patterns. He figured out that if he were to get on the show, he could do it to where he would never land on a whammy. <laughs> okay. He flew to Florida, wherever they were recording the show at, and was able to actually get onto, onto the show. Uh-oh. He won over $110,000, which was a record at the time for the most money ever won on a game show during a single day. Yeah. It was something like he took like 54 spins on the board or something like that. <laughs> That's amazing. And never hit a whammy. So. That's terribly after- frustrating for the man in the booth. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> We're hemorrhaging money to this dude. Yeah. So the the production company and everybody, they got together like as soon as they stopped filming and they were like, he, he cheated. Like, there's there's no way. Like, how how, how did he do this? How did he, how do he do pull this? it off? So they got to talking to him and he pretty much straight up told him like. Yeah, I just memorized the patterns, whatever, and they got to looking at it, and they were like, this doesn't go against any of the rules. That just nobody had ever done it before. So, he got the money. Wow, I'm surprised there was not and, lawyers involved in that. Oh, I'm sure there was a whole lot of stuff that went went down. I'm, I'm sure it was a long, long deal, but yeah, he, you can't even say he rigged the system, or he just beat it. He he figured it out. Like, okay. I mean, you can't knock the guy for figuring it out. Oh, I'm sure there was immediate revisions to that. Oh, yeah. Book. So they, they changed it uh, immediately after that to where the game board reset and was completely random every time after that. I can't believe they didn't think of that beforehand. You know? I guess nobody had cracked the code yet, yep, so, yep. so keep it I going. Mean, Let the good times roll. No whammies. <laughs> I, I mean. till a dude walks away with a hundred grand. I know that there's been other scandals on other game shows. Like I know when they did the one uh, with uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire where they had one person in the crowd would cough or sneeze to the oh. right answer and stuff like that. Uh, I don't remember the details on it. I actually think, it, I think it might've been the British version of this. Seems like somebody would have noticed that pretty quick. But, but yeah, after, after the show, they were like, uh, yeah, we totally figured out that every time <laughs> somebody coughed in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it, okay. Yeah. They did figure that one out. I, and those people didn't get the money. Like they actually, I won't say they That's real deal cheating. got on, like, uh, there was some legal issues and like possible, prison time and everything and Uh-oh. i think they ended up not only not getting the money they had to give they had to pay Back in like so much. Well, so much well no so they, had, they, they had to pay in like so much in fines and different stuff yeah so it doesn't always seems like cheating on a game show yeah, is not doesn't always uh pay that's what of course they, again he didn't cheat he just figured it out so i, I gotta give him credit crack the code. <laughs> michael larson good for you dude well, from somebody that had thought in advance what to do, how about we talk about a guy that thought in the moment what okay. to do? There was a U.S. pilot in World War II by the name of Robert Kleeman. He was on an aircraft carrier when they noticed that there was a Japanese surveillance plane flying overhead. Okay. So they fire up the boys, they all take off, and they are in pursuit. Well, the Japanese pilot had great faith in Japanese engineering, so he just started to climb an altitude. Oh, yeah. Played chase me. Kind of freeze up. That's exactly what happened. Engines. He climbed to the altitude where their guns froze up. Okay. And then engines started freezing up. So you got guys having to drop back. Mm-hmm. Drop mm-hmm. back, drop back. And if he gets away, he's going to give like all the information where they're at. Oh, they at, would probably be on. start, you know, they'd be attacked probably within the next half hour. Okay. Yeah. Bad deal. Except for Mr. Robert Klingman. Okay. He pursued him up until they were both about to, to freeze up and then just went for broke. And used the propeller prop on his plane to ram the guy in the air at freezing altitudes. Oh, how did that work out? His propeller chopped off the rudder of the guy's plane and he went down. Oh. His was only minorly damaged and he was able to <laughs> land safely. So the balls on this cat to just say, all right, man. When all else fails, just Fonzie that shit and he just hit him. <laughs> well, I mean, that, what it was his, his other option was... Either freeze up and crash or we're gonna and die, get bombed or, here pretty quick. Shot yeah. at, yeah. So he just wow. said, "I'm gonna ram him," which probably in his head he was thinking, "Okay, this is gonna take me out too," but he's not getting away. Wow! But he was able to land his plane after that. Wow! I went like that group that went and found him wherever he ended up because I'm sure he probably didn't get too far from wherever it happened. But uh, that went and found him, and he's just standing there like, "Yep, did it." There's a photo of him by the front of the plane, and you can see <laughs> the propeller damage. <laughs> And he's just standing there like a boss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess what I so. did. You guys are never going to believe what happened. 
<laughs> I'm going to need a party. Wow. Okay. There's a, yeah. another one of those. Give not, it up for Robert Kleeman. Not only, like you said, uh, improvising in the moment and just crazy enough at work, but also a, a war hero, <laughs> hero right there, man. Wow. Can you even call that improvising is just run into him? <laughs> <laughs> run isn't a plan. Run is run what is you what do you when do a plan, when a plan fails. fails. <laughs> just said hit him. It worked. Shit. It probably happened a lot. Yeah. Probably a lot after that, for sure. There was uh, also a story about uh, guys known as bomb flippers. A bomb flipper. Which there were bombs which had wings on them that I believe it was the Nazis using. And this one I'm just going off of memory. I didn't research it, but I, I remember seeing it somewhere. Uh, so my details might be a little bit sketchy on this, but the basic idea was they would launch these missiles and they had way further range. Um than anything else at the time. So think of it like a super weapon. They could reach okay. in miles and punch targets, and they were fairly freaking accurate. Okay. Well, then you get a group of these flyboys that figure out if they can catch up to them. They use their wings to get up next to them and tap the wings of the missile, of the bomb, which oh. sends it into its spin. And they would crash immediately, not hitting their target. So okay. these guys' jobs, the bomb flippers, were to get up next to the bomb missiles, bombs, I don't even know if you could call it a missile at that point. It would just be a bomb with wings on it. It was basically like a giant paper airplane with a bomb inside of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It had a target. You aim it, fire it, it cruises on in, right? And these guys would take the Again, wing of their plane. Balls of steel. Flap next to them. You can't see what I'm doing with my hands, but I got little, like, wings. Wings. <laughs> wings on my videos. fingers. <laughs> God, yeah. And they would just flap next to them and just give them a little tip-tap, love tap on the t end of the wing, and it had no computer system to realign it or anybody to regain it, it. Yeah, yeah. Anything. yeah so it would just spin out huh no telling how many lives those guys saved crazy enough it worked and then was implemented into protocol wow we're gonna need you to bomb flip why not i'm batshit crazy let's go for it you know what what's crazier flipping the bomb that just basically just going straight and you just gotta get up to it and, and do it or going into the actual dogfight i mean oh yeah at least this thing's not gonna fight back true now, of course, if you miss or do something wrong, you're dead. <laughs> I'm sure they probably had to calculate, like, where's a safe place to send it down at? Hey, you yeah. don't want it just going down in the middle of a village or a town. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So they probably had to really strategically plan, like, okay, man, you've got, like, a 30-second window to send this thing down between towns. Hmm. Didn't think about that. Wow. So probably more planning than just going I'm gonna go flip a ham bomb. sandwich on it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but... Pretty interesting. There's a lot of wacky shit went on in World War II. I think there's a lot of wacky stuff that went in, like, with all the wars, and think about it. I mean, you want to talk about another big thing of ingenuity? Yeah, definitely during wartime. What was the thing, we, we talked about this kind of the other day, what was the thing with the potato? Ah, uh, the tale of the USS O'Bannon. This one's a good one. I like okay. this. Yes, I, I, the little bit you told me, I'm, I'm interested. Okay, so... World War II air destroyer, and um, they had been running support missions down in the Pacific since it was launched in 1942. Okay. So it was involved in shelling of like the Solomon Islands and was heading back to its station when it stumbled into an enemy submarine. Nobody detected? They didn't detect each other? They didn't detect each other at all. They Neither one of them knew they were crossing paths. Oh. And the Japanese submarine was riding top water. Oh. So they were just cruising. Most of the crew was asleep. It was uh, This was also in the middle of the night. Let me say this. Okay. <laughs> so you've got this destroyer cruising back. Submarines on top of the water. Most of the crew asleep. And they get within like eye line of each other. And all hell breaks loose. Yeah. So the Japanese sailors are like barely waking up to what the hell's going on. They're just getting, you know, alarms going off. They're getting woke up. The Japanese submarine was the RO-34. Okay. Just dropping that out there. So the captain of the O'Bannon decided we're close enough. We're actually so close, we can't use any of our weapons on them mm -hmm. because we're too close. So he went for broke and said, ram them. Sounds, yeah, okay. So he okay. decides we're just going to ram the ship, which I guess was pretty commonplace back then. I, the destroyer could take more damage than the submarine. Yeah. I mean, so they said, just, on them, so... Yeah, we can't fire on them, so just ram them. Okay. One of the crew members, right before they're about to make impact, has a thought, what if it's a mine layer? Oh, shit. What if it's packed full of mines? We're oh. going to take ourselves out. Oh, no. When we hit this sucker. 
we both go boom. Oh. And so at the last second, they turn the rudder, and what happened was they just kind of came right alongside of them. <laughs> so they're is, close enough. This is getting worse and worse by the minute. <laughs> yeah, when they finally stop, they're sitting side by side. Oh, man. Close enough to see the whites in each other's eyes. Oh, no. But the the sub that, probably had weapons they could fire, right? Yes, they did. And the Japanese soldiers lost their shit because they just woke up. Okay? And they have a destroyer sitting on top of their ass. So they're thinking, why didn't it fire on us? What the hell's going on? What? What? None of this makes any sense. Yeah. What, what? Yeah. You're, you're in total shock. I don't know who has screwed up more at this point. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now, I want you to remember that the O'Bannon had 17 anti-aircraft guns. They had torpedoes, depth charges, a 38 caliber deck guns all over the place. They could use none of this at the moment. Mm. But yes, like you said a minute ago, if the Japanese submarine did have weaponry they could use. But, again, in the stir of commotion, they were trying to figure out what to do. So, okay, everybody's go to the guns. We're going to fire on this ship. Mm -hmm. Some quick thinking from the crew members, and this is where the so crazy it just might work happens, was on deck there was crates of potatoes. Okay. Potatoes. So these quick thinking cats start lobbing potatoes at them. This is how close these two are together. Where you can throw a potato. Where you can baseball pitch a potato and hit them. Okay. And so they just start lobbing potatoes. Like trying to hit them with a potato? The submarine soldiers have no clue what's going on. They're just hearing bong, bing, bong, boom, bong, but like off of the metal hole, and then seeing what they think are grenades. Oh. <laughs> oh, shit. So, I don't... Whether <laughs> it's dark. You're confused. You just woke up. You don't know why there's a destroyer sitting on top of you. And all of a sudden, they're throwing what they think are just hundreds of grenades at oh. them. So, nobody goes to man the guns because they're too busy running around deck kicking these fucking grenades off that are really potatoes. Yes. Which gives the destroyer the abandoned time to start pulling back far enough where eventually... I love this. I love this. This is awesome. Eventually, they could use their guns on them. And they pop them a couple of times. And when they go ahead and dive, they just pull over the top of them and take them out with depth charges. Oh. Because of potatoes. P potatoes saves the saved day. Saved the day. Well, you know, they say that there's it's the most versatile... Thing on the planet, right? Is a potato. <laughs> yeah. So that definitely uh, falls into that category. Yeah. And, uh, interesting enough, the O'Bannon undertook many more battles and became the most decorated destroyer of World War II with that crew. Yeah. Apparently, these guys are some either really smart or really lucky. Yeah. They walked away with 17 battle stars and a presidential citation and a plaque from the Maine Association of Potato, potato Growers. The what? Say it again. The Maine Association of Potato Growers <laughs> of America. Everyone gets a lifetime supply of potatoes. The potato story. <laughs> yes. I love that Who would have thought about that? Just use the potatoes. Uh, and it worked. It worked. That's, they, it bought them time uh, to keep them from getting to their deck guns. Wow. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Because I assume nobody had firearms. What you know? What's a firearm going to do for you on a submarine? Get through, or or on a destroyer. On a destroyer. I mean, yeah, yeah, like yeah. like everybody's in the middle of the night. It's going to be strapped. But I thought that story was so. Yeah, that one's awesome. How have I, how have I never heard that one? That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Start just carrying Absolutely. a potato with you everywhere you go. Just be like you never know. You never know when I'm going to have to launch. <laughs> it makes sense. It looks like in the middle of the night getting thrown at you. If I you wasn't think grenade too. If I was in a fight right now and somebody just threw a potato at me, I wouldn't know what to do. Get out of the way. <laughs> Throw it back apparently is the wrong decision. Don't pick up the potato and try to fight back with it. Let it go. Uh, use your training. Just in your mind, picture a bunch of guys <laughs> scrambling around a deck just kicking potatoes. I know somebody picked one up and was like, doesn't feel like a grenade, but I'm uh, half asleep. <laughs> maybe they had gloves on. True. Yeah, maybe they couldn't feel it. Or just uh, the adrenaline just rush. The adre just don't yeah. know. The adrenaline rush doesn't let you think. Wow. Potato. Go potato. Go potato. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I wonder if they make a hat that says like USS O'Bannon 1943 and it's just a potato <laughs> on it. <laughs> they should. Wow. <laughs> I also get like this picture of this super ragtag group of guys on here that like 
can do anything. And, you know, they're sitting there and one dude's in there just tossing a potato up and down like, come at me. <laughs> See what happens. That's a story you tell to the grandkids real quick about, I hate French fries. Don't you disrespect that potato boy. <laughs> potato saved my life. <laughs> wow. Think about how many times they laughed about this story. How many times I would they like to think about- they threw a party. That night, I don't know, this is the second time I've said parties, but no, they actually, later on that same day, shot down two spy planes that were flying over them. Wow. With potatoes? So, I mean, the, the old bandit was just a crew of badass free thinkers. Apparently, yeah. Heck yeah, dude. You gotta That's give awesome. it to them. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a story you don't believe when you're a little boy bouncing on grandpa's knee, when he's like, let me tell you about the time. I lobbed a potato. Potato saved my life. Wow. Sure, grandpa. And his wackadoo stories. Speaking of uh, wackadoo stories that shouldn't make sense, shouldn't work, but somehow it did. Um, a New Zealand man was drinking at a party and suddenly went blind. Mm. Rushed him to the hospital and they figured out that the vodka he was drinking had an adverse effect with his diabetes medicine and caused him to go blind. Oh, shit. Now, the doctors were like, hey, actually, we have seen this before. We can totally fix this. This is really not that big of a deal. But we need <laughs> ethanol. While you're sitting there blind? Yeah, like, while you're sitting there blind. Pretty like, goddamn pretty, big deal to uh, me, man. I kind of think this is, this is a big deal, but, you know, okay, whatever, doc. They're like, yeah, we can totally fix this. We just need some ethanol. Unfortunately, the hospital is out of ethanol. I don't know how much they keep out of hospital. I don't know anything about that. So, okay, they ran out. Whatever. Not even going to guess. So... One of the doctors looks over at one of the uh, intern guys, whatever, and says, go to the store. And he comes back. What does he buy at the store, brother? With a bottle of whiskey. They hook it up to his stomach and start a slow drip of whiskey into this guy. Five days later, he completely regains his vision. Alcohol take away. Alcohol giveth. (laughs) (laughs) Whiskey beats vodka. I I guess so. Wow. Like that's a bad takeaway for you, but I, I Okay. Again, crazy quit thinking on the part of the doctor. Yeah. Crazy, but it worked. Crazy, but it worked. We'll give him more booze. He drank sure. himself sober. <laughs> drink himself visible. Let's see it at Christmas vacation when it's like, look, she doesn't have crossed eyes anymore. So that's the damnedest thing. Girl falls down a well, eyes go cross, gets kicked by a mule, go right back to normal. There you go. And where was this at? New Zealand. New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Can we take a moment to talk about shade balls? Shade balls? Can we talk about the L.A. shade balls? I always want my balls in the shade. That's a good place for them. <laughs> Hopefully they're always in the shade. They don't get a lot of sun. <laughs> So there are 96 million of these shade balls that are put into the L.A. Reservoir. Okay. And they're not put there for the reason you would think, which would be evaporation, right? Off the top of your head. Mm. They are... Okay. Mm -hmm. 96 million. Can honestly say I've never thought about it, but... (laughs) Okay. Quick, on the fly now. (laughs) Make an assessment. (laughs) Okay, so there are these black balls that are... Also contain some water. Okay. And they sit on top of the reservoir, completely covering so it. So they float over, okay. Yeah. They float. But they're weighed down by the water that's put in them so that they don't blow away, obviously. That okay. was the reason for them. Okay. So, yeah, they're not put in there for the evaporation. Why they are put in there is because there's a chemical substance that is found in salt water called bromide. And bromide plus chlorine add a little bit of sunlight makes a substance called bromate, which is a carcinogen. Damn carcinogens. Yes. So they get, from the aquifers leading in to L.A., there's naturally going to be salt water in there with it, coming Mm. from the ocean, correct? Yeah. Okay. Well, this water goes to the treatment plant. And in the filtration process, they have to add chlorine, right? Okay. Not a problem until you introduce sunlight, which the chemical reaction creates the bromate. Well, in between the filtration plant... And going into people's homes, it's sent into a reservoir. There lies the problem. It's sitting in sunlight. Okay. So, a researcher, when they found out this problem was happening, started looking into... They looked into a bunch of different ways to try to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. 
They were not created specifically for the reservoir. Their original name is bird balls. Okay. And these bird balls were used around airports for the bodies of water. Can you guess why? Keep birds away? To keep waterfowl from being on the water and around the airports where they would fly up and get sucked into the jet engines. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. So they just used this and applied it to the reservoirs, which everybody thought was crazy when they just see them dumping tons of these black balls into the reservoir, and it worked. Hmm. Filtered out the sunlight. Doesn't create the bromate. Okay. Keeps the poison out of the water, buddy. Hey. Okay. By just blocking the sunlight. By blocking the sunlight. Huh. And then you get no birds and anything nesting in the water either, so... Or resting in the water or whatever birds do in the water. So it works. So it works. Hmm. Okay. 90 million shady bird balls. Mm-hmm. Making the water clean for L.A. <laughs> You're welcome, L.A. You're welcome. I bet when that guy brought that to the table, like, hey, we just drop a bunch of these balls down in there and it'll fix everything. We create a ball pit. And I'm like, no, what? Huh? Yeah, yeah, we create a ball pit. Mm-hmm. There's some <laughs> videos of them like driving boats in it. And the boats won't float away. Like, they won't drift. Mm-hmm. That's how dense it is. Hmm. That even if there's a strong breeze, you know, boats drift. Mm-hmm. They won't. They just sit stationary. Oh. But yeah. Somebody had a big brain on them. Yeah. Bird balls. Okay. Keeps anything from getting near the water. Way to go, Without bird balls. Without being in an airport, too, any kind of wildlife you wouldn't want around. Mm, no. No. Whether it was deer or... There's something on the side of the plane. Alligators? <laughs> something on the wing. So there is the story of the shade balls, man. Well, alrighty then. Shady balls. Shady balls. Save the day. <laughs> hey, you want to do the thing? Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Search Engine Results. This is a segment of the show where I ask the all-powerful internet a question. I then give Keith three random answers, and he has to guess what's the best answer I got from Mr. Internet. Ready to play, Keith? Yep, as always. All right, man. Keeping with today's theme. How much did the owner make off of the pet rock? Oh, hmm. Too much. It's a wee bit vague, so I'm not going <laughs> to... Too much. <laughs> and we're done. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Creator Gary Dahl, how much did he make off of the pet rock? A, $3 million. B, $9 million, or C, $15 million. Hmm. Came out in the 70s. Okay. So, not the same as what it would be today, obviously, because we're talking 50 years ago. Hmm. I know it was a huge thing. Like I said, I think they started off selling for like 3 or $4 a piece. I think when they dropped, they, well, when they came out, they were three. They were about 4 bucks. It was yeah. like three ninety-five. Hmm. I mean, even and I believe sold. most of that money was made in that first holiday season. Yeah, I got a feeling after it, it probably wasn't something that stuck stuck for <laughs> real long. I bet eventually people are like, ah, okay, I'm tired of just having a rock sit there. But then again, we have lots of things that sit on the shelf <laughs> that never move. So uh, tell you what, I'm going to yeah, go. 1975 was when they dropped. I'm going to go middle of the road and go $9 million. $9 million. Mm-hmm. How much Mr. Dahl walked away with yep. after all was said and done. Final answer. I don't know how, but $15 million. C. $15 million. He made off of rocks with googly eyes. In 75. So if you can dream it, you can do it. That ain't no joke. (laughs) Anytime your kid comes up to you with a harebrained scheme. I'm going to listen to him. I made this, Daddy. Put that away. I want to sell the rocks, Daddy. You know, the, that kind of makes me think of one that, okay, if we didn't, if we didn't bring this one up, it would be kind of a shame about the ingenuity coming up with things so crazy at work, but that's just the whole Apollo 13, everything that they did. And I mean, we won't go into a whole lot of detail about it because oh, you can see it in the film. Yeah. You can watch it in the movie, but like the stuff that they were able to come up, come up with in the heat of the moment in like, of course, you know, you had what's. You know, said to be the best minds uh, in the nation at the time, trying to come up with you know different things. But I mean, they were doing, they were fixing things with duct tape and bubble gum and socks, <laughs> and just whatever they had in the capsule. Your options the are pretty limited. Yeah, 
what you can and scavenge. Got, got it all together. Made it made it work. It, made it work. Yeah. Got the boys home. Boom. So I mean, yeah, yeah. That one definitely needs a nod in the just crazy enough it works category. Like yeah. you had everybody that normally works on, you know, a computer thing or engines or, you know, these different things. That then just got together and they were like, well, what do we have laying around? Let's MacGyver the shit out of this. He's got a badge on says, Chief Chief Officer of Computer Things. (laughs) (laughs) Go get Brian. He's in charge of the computer things. One phone call went out. We need MacGyver. He'll know what to do. (laughs) They MacGyvered the shit out of that shuttle. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yeah. I would love to know what the probability. Because you know there's probably some mathematician sitting in there. Whenever they came and they had the book, they was like, okay, this is the this is the book we're going by. Like, this is what we're going to use as our plan. I bet there was some mathematician sitting there that really quick came up with the numbers and like, we're giving this a 0.02% chance of working. You know, like, I bet it was something just so insanely low that I'm sure that guy was probably not allowed to talk <laughs> at all because I'm like, shut up, Gary. <laughs> nope. But still, hey, good for them. They made it work. Do you know the Pet Rock came with a manual? How to Train Your Pet Rock? No, I did not know that. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> okay. And with that, I think uh, it's been a pretty good sit down with you, man. <laughs> hey, talking about just... <laughs> talking about random shit. Hey, if if it works, is it crazy? Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'll leave you with this one. In my studies, I found, apparently, massaging the inner rectum sends signals through the vagus nerve that gets rid of hiccups. Well, let that sink in. I guess if you need it, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. If if I had hiccups for longer than a couple of hours, I'd be like, eh, go for it. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> Whatever works. Yeah, because I hate hiccups. Ugh. Uh, so, hey, if it works, it works. There you go. Cool. There's a little tidbit we'll leave you all on. <laughs> That's a good one to leave it That's on. That's a good one to leave it on. Uh, well, well, all right, then. Thank you all for joining us out there in listener land for this episode, The Random Men. Y'all be sure and hit us up at Twitter at The Random Men 1 for your daily dose of random information. Also be sure and leave us a review. Reach out to us and let us know if there's any topics you'd like for us to discuss in the future. We're always willing to greet y'all with open arms and open minds. Remember to hit a follow so you get a, the update on when the new episodes drop. Yeah, and until next time, I'm Kenny. I'm Keith. And if you're stricken with a case of chronic hiccups, now you know what to do.